Thanks very much for staying with us. Time now for Across Africa, our weekly look at stories from across the continent. I'm Georgia Calvin-Smith, and this week, an African child is killed by malaria every 60 seconds. The region suffers from 95% of all cases in the world. There is, though, a worldwide push to completely wipe out the deadly disease by 2030. Also, two years after Palma in northern Mozambique was captured by extremists, an energy giant Total forced out, an improvement to security there means that operations on a multi-billion dollar gas project could resume. And TikTok's under attack in Senegal, sued by tech firms over the way the Chinese social media platform collects and stores sensitive information, particularly that of minors. The challenge comes even as the platform goes from strength to strength in the country, particularly amongst kids. But first, Tuesday 25th of April marked World Malaria Day, an appointment to spotlight the global effort to try to wipe out the deadly disease. It disproportionately affects sub-Saharan Africa, where 95% of the world's cases are found. About one African child dies of malaria every minute. But there has been enormous progress in preventing and treating it. Our correspondents report from Gabon. The poor neighborhood near Libreville's prison is a malaria hotspot. Campaigners trying to raise awareness of how to prevent the deadly disease have started their cleanup campaign here. We urge the population to emulate the exercise we're carrying out today. They should do it every day. If we don't do it, our mothers or children will be exposed to malaria. Professor Atekbo is the Help Center Coordinator at the Mother and Child University Teaching Hospital in Libreville, a pilot center which offers free testing for malaria. It also offers medical care for malaria to children up to five years old. This morning, Professor Atego is busy with consultations. Malaria is the primary cause for consultations in children. About 12% of children who come here have malaria. The important thing here and the message we're trying to convey is that malaria is dangerous, especially for children. After a rapid test, infected children are given atemilicin-based treatments. Atemilicin is a group of drugs used in the treatment of malaria. They are part of the national anti-malaria program. The goal is to eradicate malaria in Gabon by 2030. But to do that takes money. After a 15-year ban from receiving funding for the treatment of malaria, Gabon got a whooping 4 billion franc CFA from the World Health Organization to fight tuberculosis, HIV AIDS and malaria. In our country, malaria is one of the biggest expenses for hospitals. We have to invest money and resources if we want to achieve our 2030 goals. The national program for the fight against malaria has helped infection rates drop from 110 to 62 in every 1,000 inhabitants between 2019 and 2020. Though encouraging, experts say there is still a critical lack of funding holding back anti-malaria efforts. Energy giant Total is keeping a close watch on the security situation in the north of Mozambique's Cabo Delgado province. It's considering restarting operations of a liquefied natural gas project that it withdrew from in a rush in 2021 because of a jihadist incursion. Our team reports. It was in this hotel that 180 people took refuge when Palmer was captured by jihadist insurgents in March 2021. 
Those stuck here were evacuated by the Mozambican government, but not before seven people died in the terrorist attack. Though the specter of the attack still haunts the community and business has been slow, this hotel's manager remains optimistic. It is a traumatic experience, but I also think that because there's so much potential in this area, people are quite eager to come back. And I think, you know, we've got the Rwandan military here now who are helping the Mozambicans. So I think that that makes people feel a lot more secure. 2,800 Rwandan soldiers have been sent to the region. They operate discreetly, only exiting their barracks to patrol or to get supplies. They're seldom seen in the city centre. Today, Palma appears to be a normal town. Its market is well stocked and the surrounding villages have been gradually rebuilt. But locals can't forget that there remains a threat of extremist violence, even if it's elsewhere in the province. If the government said tomorrow that the war in Mozambique was over, I would feel 100% safe. But that's not what we hear from our leaders, our ministers. Humanitarian organizations would also like to relocate to Palma. The need is great because the city has expanded to 75,000 inhabitants. There must be 110,000 people in Palma now, so you can see that not only are there a lot of people who have returned, but there are also new internally displaced people coming from other districts. If people are flocking to Palma, it is because the area is secure. As far as Afungi, the site where Tutal plans to restart its $20 billion gas project. But the centre and south of Cabo Delgado province are still very volatile. Authorities of the province in Pemba are still hoping to see Tutol restart the crucial energy plan soon. The CEO of Total has already been here. He has been to Palma. He's been to Motsimba. He's already been here in the province. His visit indicates that the plan to resume activities is underway. Northern Mozambique is more stable than it was two years ago, but Tutol has still not announced plans for its return. Now, Mira, also known as Cat, has long been grown intensively across Meru County in Kenya. As well as the economic importance of the harvest, they also have a place in local traditions. But exports of the mild narcotic have fallen off as it's increasingly been classified as a drug in many European countries. That's forced more farmers in the Nyambene Hills to switch to alternative crops to survive. Johan Berstecker with more. At this open-air market in Nairobi, traders expertly trim and arrange little bouquets of red leaves and stems. They're selling cot, a mildly narcotic plant which acts as a stimulant when chewed. For decades, it used to be one of the most valuable exports of Kenya's Meru County, making the fortunes of those who grew it. But in recent years, global demand for the plant has almost disappeared. We used to export it to places like London, Australia, Yemen and Israel. But now, these markets have been closed. The UK used to be a major importer of Kenyan cot, bringing in up to 2,800 tons each year. But in 2014, the country banned the plant and classified it as a Class C drug, severely impacting the trade. Farmers' woes were further compounded in 2020, when Somalia banned cat imports from Kenya following a diplomatic spat. In Meru County, Beatrice Kawira was among those who had to turn to other crops to survive. When I saw that the UK and Somalia had banned cart, I decided to plant other crops. 
I began planting sunflower. The advantage is that it allows me to feed my animals. Despite their economic woes, many cot farmers are reluctant to abandon the plant altogether. Last year, Somalia lifted its cot import ban as part of a new trade deal with Kenya, raising hopes of a potential comeback for the former cash crop. Sudanese artist and cartoonist Khalid Al Bey now lives in Norway, but has been wielding his pen to critique the conflict in Sudan. Hundreds have died since fighting broke out earlier this month between armed forces supporting rival generals in the country. Albay says that his art is a form of resistance to power struggles where the most vulnerable are doomed to suffer the most. Pencil in hand, Sudanese cartoonist Khaled Albay listens to news from back home in his living room in Oslo, Norway, as he draws his own version of reality. This, the, the dogfight is basically between um, the army and the gingerweed. The two sides are fighting over a piece of meat, a symbol that represents Sudan. We're stuck in the middle between, between these two monsters, really, um, in our fight for democracy. Art is needed in times like this because it's important to show people art is about, you know, hope. Art is about showing there's a different way to talk about things. Right, an artist's resistance. El Bey left Sudan as a child more than 30 years ago, when former President Omar al-Bashir was ousted in 2019 after three decades in power, and the military agreed to share power with civilians ahead of elections. El Bey says he was able to return home for the first time in a decade without fear of arrest. He hoped his children could finally experience Sudan as a home. But the dream was quickly dashed, in October 2021, a military coup derailed the transition towards democracy. Now, the Sudanese army and the paramilitary RSF group are wrangling for power. In a matter of just days, hundreds of people have been killed and many more injured. Tech firms in Senegal are taking TikTok to court, accusing the Chinese social media giant of violating data protection laws and failing to protect children. They say that young people in Senegal are frequently exposed to violent and inappropriate content on the app. Our team reports. 10-year-old Mohammed loves TikTok. He spends hours every day scrolling through videos on the Chinese social media app, watching all kinds of content. I do my best to keep an eye on him, but it's not easy. As an adult, I often see videos that shock me on TikTok. But imagine for the children, it worries me a lot. Senegalese tech firms worried about potentially harmful content on TikTok have launched a legal challenge. Mustafa is leading the charge, delivering an official complaint to the Senegalese National Commission on Data Protection. We accuse them of not respecting parental authorization procedures required to open an account. And we also accuse them of hosting violent content, content that doesn't respect our cultures and traditions. Senegalese authorities say they are currently gathering evidence about the harmful effects of TikTok on young people in Senegal. The Commission for Data Protection says it is taking the accusation seriously.
This legal challenge comes at a time where we had already begun questioning TikTok to get some answers. It comes at a good moment, which is why we are going to investigate very thoroughly. Some 450,000 people are estimated to use TikTok in Senegal, about 3% of the population. This figure continues to rise. Well, that's it for Across Africa for now. Thanks for joining us. Do so again. Till then, take care.